Before we begin our Torah study this morning, would you pray with me? Baruch atah Adonai Eloheinu melech ha'alam asher kitsheno b'mitzvotav v'tzivanu la'asok b'divrei Torah. Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe, who sanctifies us with his commands and commands us to engross ourselves in the words of Torah. I want to speak to you about Passover this morning. Passover is our holiday that commemorates our freedom, our liberation from slavery in Egypt. And I, I want to recall a prayer that was added uh, during the Passover time, during the era of the Soviet Union, the time of Khrushchev. And I just want to read to you uh, the words that were from quite some time ago, when not, not during the time of the former Soviet Union, but during the time when the Soviet Union was active and it was impossible for Jewish people during that time to... Uh, to celebrate Passover, to have religious freedom. So this was a prayer that, that I was reviewing this week. It, it says this, when we recite in the Haggadah, the age hallowed halach ma'anya, this is the bread of affliction, which our fathers ate in the land of Egypt, let us be mindful of our fellow Jews in Soviet Russia who truly eat this bread of affliction and to whom is denied the right of free men to worship their God and to perform his precepts. Let every one of us pledge himself before his maker not to forget in his plenty those who are in need and in his freedom those in servitude. And when we say this year in bondage, the year to come free men, let this be a prayer before the throne of justice for those with whom we are united by a common faith and a common hope for ultimate redemption. Many American Jews have family backgrounds in Ukraine and Russia, Belarus, Moldova, Lithuania, Latvia, Poland, Hungary, Czechs, and Slovakia. And during this Passover, I want to encourage you to include in all of your prayers and in all of your satyrs an expression of the weight of grief and sorrow regarding the war in Ukraine right now. I want to encourage you to pray for relief and for rescue. Pray for everyone to be brought out of the heaviness of oppression. And pray for all those who need freedom now, for those who are uh, experiencing the sorrows of the Ukraine war for the re refugees, for those who are under authoritarian and totalitarian governments right now, and for those who experience discrimination or prejudice as part of their daily life. Lord, we thank you that you're a God of freedom, and for the sake of freedom, Messiah has given us liberty. And we lift up all those who are suffering right now, and we pray for your mercy. We pray, Lord, for your redemption and deliverance to, made, to be made known in this time and in this season. In Yeshua's name we pray. When we're celebrating Passover, you can expect a question, why do we do this? In Exodus chapter 13, verses 8 and 14 give 
something that's very important, and those of you who are watching on Facebook Live, if you could type in these references, Exodus 13, verse 8, and verse 14. Verse 8 says this, I do this because of what the Lord did for me when I came out of Egypt. And then in verse 14, and in the future, your children will ask you, what does all this mean? And then you will tell them, with the power of his mighty hand, the Lord brought us out of Egypt, the place of our slavery. Because of what the Lord did for me, I came out of Egypt. That is something that we are supposed to think and we're supposed to feel. And I love one of the worship songs that we sang today that expressed that, that said, we slaves, you redeemed. We speak to the Lord and say, we slaves. And everyone who's with us today, can you say that? We slaves, you redeemed. It's so important for us to make this personal. I came out of Egypt. The Lord brought us out of slavery. It's not just ancient history. It's not just someone else's experience. It's our personal history, our individual history, and the history of our people together. And when we grasp that, we can take it further and we can say, the Lord, our Redeemer, brought us out of slavery in Egypt, and he also brought us out of spiritual slavery and every other form of bondage. And you know what? We can take it even further and we can say the Lord is my Redeemer now. God is working now. That's the essence of Psalm 107 verses 1 and 2. And I would encourage you, um, those of you who are participating in the comment section on Facebook, you can add this to uh, the comments right now. Psalm 107 verses 1 and 2. In Hebrew it says, This also was one of the worship songs today. And Ryan Rose, I just want to commend you for being alert to the Holy Spirit and preparing uh, the worship that you did. It was, uh, it was beautiful. Psalm 107 verse 1 says, Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. That's in Hebrew, His love endures forever. And then verse 2, I'm reading from the New International Version that says this, Let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story, those he redeemed from the hand of the foe. You see, this is something that's so important. Passover is a time for us to think of ourselves as those who have been redeemed. We were redeemed from slavery in Egypt. We were redeemed from bondage. We were redeemed from spiritual bondage. We were redeemed from sin and the penalties of sin. And we are being redeemed even now. Let us tell our story. That's part of what we do at Passover. Well, I want to give you a topic to think about that I've been th considering mulling over and studying for the last several weeks. It's Moses as Redeemer versus Yeshua as Redeemer. And I want to help you compare and contrast and connect these thoughts. And many Jewish people follow a tradition that Moses was the Redeemer. And I'll, I'll quote one Jewish writer who said it this way, we take it for granted that Moses was chosen to be Israel's Redeemer. 
So this idea, this tradition, which is not really found in the Haggadah, but it's found among Jewish people who, who think this is the teaching of the scriptures and the Haggadah, it's not exactly right. Micah 6, verse 4, says something more clear. The Lord says, I brought you up out of Egypt, and I redeemed you from the land of slavery. So who's the redeemer? The Lord says he is. And then the Lord says, I sent Moses to lead you, also Aaron and Miriam. So here we see in Micah this clear uh, declaration that that Moses was called to be a leader during God's redemption, but he wasn't the redeemer. The Lord was the redeemer. Deuteronomy chapter 15, verse 15, 1515, it's a great simple verse it says remember that you were slaves in the land of Egypt and the Lord redeemed you and Deuteronomy 24 8 says it almost exactly the same way remember that you were slaves in Egypt and the Lord your God redeemed you from that so this is very very important for us to get right we want to understand that Moses was a leader during the redemption but he was not the redeemer The Lord is the Redeemer. Now, there's a quote in the Haggadah that I want to to refer to. It says in Hebrew, Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe, who redeemed us and redeemed our fathers from Egypt. You see, that's a declaration. Who redeemed us? The Lord our God, King of the universe. Who redeemed our fathers? The same Lord. This is something for us to capture. God is the Redeemer. Now, I want to explain to you why Moses is not really the Redeemer. He was the leader of the liberation experience. He led the children of Israel out during God's redemption from slavery in Egypt, but he wasn't the redeemer. And here's the reason. The redeemer pays the ransom price and Moses did not pay that price. The Lord paid that price. First Timothy Chapter 2, verse 6, is a profound statement. It says this, Yeshua the Messiah gave himself as a ransom for all people. This has now been witnessed to at the proper time. Another translation says it this way about Yeshua. He gave his life to purchase freedom for everyone. This is the message that God gave to the world at just the right Price. Yeshua pays the price. Messiah pays the price. Messiah, the Lord, the Redeemer of Israel. You see, Yeshua is the Passover lamb, and he is the lamb of God who takes away our sin and our atonement. And his sacrifice enables the restoration of our fellowship with God and our peaceful shalom with God and a right relationship with God. He is the Passover lamb and he is also the atoning sacrifice that that consummates 
all that was necessary for Yom Kippur. He's the offering for our fellowship with God and our peace with God. He is the the completion of every aspect of sacrifice that we really need. Now, there is a, a connection between Yeshua and with Moses that I want to underline. And that is that many people at the time, many Jewish people, many of the children of Israel had difficulty recognizing either one for who he really was. When Moses was standing up for that uh that Israelite who was being beaten by the Egyptian taskmaster. And then in his fervency, he, he actually killed the taskmaster who was acting in such a brutal way. The other Israelites around Moses thought that he was going to perhaps kill them too. They had difficulty recognizing him. And they had difficulty accepting uh, his role and his call. They asked this question, who made you judge and ruler? And in the same way, during the time of Yeshua, and we can say ever since, many of our Jewish people, me included, and uh, most of us, had difficulty recognizing him for who he was. And we had difficulty making the connection and making uh, a clear understanding for ourselves. And sometimes it's even difficult to explain, but we need to be able to explain, I believe, to ourselves and to our Jewish people, to our family, to our friends, how we understand Yeshua, the Jewish Messiah, is also the Redeemer is also the Lord, and that there's one Lord. He's Echad. His one Lord. He reveals himself as Father. He reveals himself as Yeshua. He reveals himself as Haruah HaKodesh. And he can manifest himself in every form simultaneously. And as Holy Spirit, he can be in you and he can be in me at the same time. He can be uh, everywhere and any And it does not diminish him. God is capable of revealing himself. He chooses to reveal himself in this way. God makes that decision. Our challenge is to recognize it. So when we're at our Seder's, Not just one Seder, but however many you have. Many people will have Seder tonight. Many others will have some type of Seder at different times during uh, the Passover week. And even at the end, according to some traditions, there will be another Passover Seder. Well, it's an opportunity to share from one generation to the next about God's redemptive work in our lives, to tell the history of our redemption in Egypt, and to tell our own story, and to tell your story, to tell God's story. This is a time where we memorialize and we share from one generation to another. Now, I want to speak to some of you today uh, in particular, because today is a day when you're beginning to recognize Yeshua. Perhaps you wondered, you were asking the question, 
Could he be the Messiah? Is he the Messiah? Is he really the Passover lamb? Did he really come down from heaven and take on a human body? Did he really live among us? Was he really one of us? Did he die? Did he rise from the dead? This may be a day that will go down in your history. And it's important to take advantage of it. This may be a day when you start recognizing Yeshua is the Messiah. And I want to encourage you to take a position. Be explicit with yourself. This is really good news. It will, it will be a challenge. It will come at a price, no doubt. But it's important to be able to say to yourself that you recognize the truth of what God has done and that you acknowledge that his atonement is a substitution for you and that he paid the price for you, that his life is an expression of his love for you, that his resurrection was real and powerful, and that the outpouring of his Holy Spirit is genuine. And I want to tell you that there is a time maybe when you begin to think this way. You even begin to believe it, but it's important to say it out loud, to tell others. I want to encourage you to do so. If, if this is the time of your new beginning, if this Passover represents that new season for you, tell your friends. Be careful about how you do it because it's easy for people to misunderstand, but tell those who will understand. Tell us, let us know. We'd love to hear from you. But first, say it to yourself and say it to the Lord and say, Lord, you redeem me by the blood of the Lamb, Yeshua, the Messiah, and I'm putting my trust in him. I'm turning to you. I'm turning away from my sin, and I'm receiving your mercy and your grace. You, O oh Lord, are my redeemer, and I want to serve you all the days of my life. And when you pray like that, that's important. Pray it out loud, not just quietly. Pray it so you can hear it. And as you're doing that, something begins to transform. It's a process of growth from there, but that becomes a new beginning for you. Every one of us who's part of the body of Messiah can use this Passover season. Whether we're Jewish or those from other nations, we can use this time to recognize that it is God who brings us together and that we can allow his love to be a model for our love so that we can love each other the way he has loved us. Now, you can look around at our congregation. If you're there in the sanctuary, you can look around right now. You can see our diversity. You can see our differences. And here's our call. We're called to accept each other's value before God and to not allow the walls of the world to come inside and separate us in the body of Messiah. That's our challenge, to appreciate each other's worth before God, to treat each other with such dignity that we can do that, to respect each other, not to allow the common things that are polarizing and dividing people in these days 
to divide us. What's really prophetic in this hour is that we would show love one to another and be able to honor our diversity. Thank you for being committed to that. That's part of the call of the Messianic Jewish movement, the body of Messiah too. It's part of the call of Beth Israel to be a human manifestation in a congregation where that kind of love can be expressed and where we can work it out in all the challenges. Believe me, it's much easier to be in a congregation that's different than ours to be in a congregation where everybody looks the same, where everybody thinks the same, where everybody has the same uh, economics, the same education, the same language background, the same ethnicity, or the same political perspective. Let it be that the love of Messiah and our trust in him, our devotion to God, and the love he has for us, let that be what always unites us. Well, I want to close in prayer right now. Thank you, Lord, for our redemption. We thank you, Lord, for our freedom. And we say during this Passover, Dayenu, it would have been enough. Any one of the things that you've done for us to redeem us, Lord, would have been enough. But you've done so much more than we could have asked or imagined. And we are content with you, O Lord. Thank you, Lord. So from Sandy and me and the whole Beth Israel team, the Beth Israel Mishpocha and the sanctuary, everyone at home via live stream, everyone listening in your car, at work via Messianic Jewish Teachings podcast, we want to wish you a blessed and happy Passover. If our ministry is a blessing to you, useful to you, would you consider blessing our ministry? And standing with us financially, you can get all the information on our webpage, BethIsraelNow.com slash giving. I want to close with the ironic benediction, Yivarachacha Adonai v'yishmarachha, Ye'er Adonai panavelacha v'yichunecha, Yisa Adonai panavelacha v'yasem lacha, Shalom. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep watch over you and protect you. The Lord cause his face to shine upon you, and the Lord favor you with all of his grace. May the Lord lift up his face to you and give you his peace in the name of the Prince of Peace. Yeshua the Messiah. Pesach Sameach, everyone. Happy Passover. Shabbat Shalom. Thanks for joining us today.